Thanks for listening or watching a very special episode of the Libero Football Podcast. My name is Scott Andrews. I'm joined by Libero's Paul Rooney and delighted to welcome Phil Parkinson, Old Team FC manager. Hello, boys. How are we doing, Hello. mate? Very good, yep. very good. It's been seven months since the last podcast. Has it been that long? Yeah, I was going to we... move to America and that didn't happen. And uh, obviously I'm still stuck in sunny sail at the moment. Well, you look like, you, you look like you're in sunny sunny somewhere with that, uh, that, that burn on your forehead anyway. I've been in the garden, mate. I think it's yeah. a filter. I think it's a filter. Yeah, in the in the garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's enjoying his bank holiday uh, yeah, weekend, yeah. hasn't he? A little yeah. bit too much. It's been all right, the weather, hasn't it? Though it's been all right. Barbecue weather, isn't it? Perfect. Make the most of it yesterday, boy. Yeah. Today's me, uh, my first day off, and it's horrible, pissing down, which is typical, obviously. <laughs> so, Phil, the season's been cancelled. I think Altium's last game was on the seventh of March. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. Not good, is it? It's. Um been a real strange feeling i mean you're getting to the end of the season anyway and it's all the the exciting games that are coming up and you're really looking forward to to how you finish and then this bombshell happens and everything stops it's been really surreal so i think when it first stopped nobody knew how long it was going to take i think deep down everyone knew once you could see how severe this uh, coronavirus has been that your season probably wasn't going to kick in again. But I think immediately, the first couple of weeks, you just feel like you're on a, a bit of a holiday anyway in terms yeah. of it's the end of the season and you'll be back at it before you know it. But it's obviously not turned out that way. It's been really uh, it's been really tough, yeah. It's been it's nothing like what I've ever experienced before. So real mixed bag of emotions. With, we're still a little bit unsure on the playoffs, how that's going to finish. I mean, again, I'm not holding my breath. I'd love it to, to go where we can we can have some form of playoffs, but you're looking at the difficulties the Premier League and the EFL clubs are having with all the testing that they'd have to put in place. Yeah. And it's just it's just crazy because people tell you've got to come first and obviously there's a shortage of testing as everyone's seen on the news with the government uh, schemes and all that kind of stuff. And people on the front line need to have them test before us footballers and, and games that are going ahead. It's it's just a, a real shame, but I just can't see a positive outcome for ourselves. I'd love to be able to sit here and say, yeah, definitely, I think them playoffs are going to happen. Yeah. But I just can't see it in reality happening, to be honest, because people and public safety has got to come first and foremost, and I'm sure, and rightly so, we'll come second to that. Yeah, yeah it just feels morally wrong to play football when people are not getting tested in the, in the front line, you know. Yeah, well, not just that. People are dying, aren't they? Yeah, so it's not yeah. just about testing. So it's so important that we get them tested. And I'm sure that's the way it'll go and that's the way it should go. Yeah. And like I said, football will come second, but it's just, hey, we, we're all missing it mad, badly, aren't we? And I think the whole of the country realise how much they love sport and how important it is to the weekends. Um, and it's just left a massive void for everybody. I'm sure I'm the same as yourselves. You're sort of scratching your head. The weekends are turning into midweek sort of days now, yeah. aren't they? It all feels very similar. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where the end of the road is or, or how it looks. I'm just really looking forward to getting some information where I can start planning because people keep yeah. asking me that question as well. What are you planning to do? Players you're bringing in pre-season. You can't make any plans. I mean, I've got yeah. 18, 20 lads who've done fantastic and I've got to sort of sit down and speak to them about their terms, their contracts, and I can't even do that yet. So when yeah. I've got agents bringing me and people asking for pre-season games, it just baffles me how people can even be at that stage in the red. Information at this point, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just crazy. It's a really weird time because, like I say, normally now I would be interacting with agents 
a pre-season would be locked down and sorted. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting here speaking to you guys about <laughs> how uncertain everything is. So yeah. it's really weird. It's really weird. So I think the, the National League are saying they're going to be led by the English Football League, who just seem to be waiting for the Premier League to do something. Um, and it's obviously the, the biggest issue. It, well, for the Premier League, I imagine it's going to be European places and money. But f- as you go down a league, it all becomes a promotion and relegation issue, especially for some of those teams, particularly in, in the National League North, where you see you've spent a lot of money, you know, the likes of York and Chester. They don't want the season to particularly be voided because they've shelled out a load of money and then they might have to replay the season all over again. Mm-hmm. And, and in Altrincham's case, they're on three wins on the spin, arguably the formed side in the league as well, Phil. Yeah, I mean, there's a few of them, isn't there? I mean, you look at the the playoffs and probably Kingsland and York are in the, the worst sort of run that they'd had. So they, they looked like they were they were dropping points left, right and centre. And then you had ourselves who were banging form. Boston looked right at it as well. I mean, they've looked very good this time and hitting form just as we were, but pretty been more consistent than us throughout the season. And teams are going to be really disappointed. As you said, I don't know what people are, are obviously paying their players. Obviously, you hear all these whispers, but if the whispers are right and and like you said, the teams that you just mentioned there are forking out the money they are. It's obviously a desperate time, isn't it? Because you, you've really invested in this season. So it's 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 a shame for everyone. But then you, you look at the National League and I'm sure that's what uh, we've sort of been looking at. I certainly have how that how that's going to pan out. And, and we've buried not being in the Football League anymore. It leaves that, or the EFL, sorry. It leaves that space for somebody to go up, doesn't it? So straight yeah. away you're looking at Barrow will probably go up uh, automatically and will there be a second team so it, if it does go points per game those playoff teams including ourselves and, and the league above are going to be really disappointed and probably scratching their heads at how that can be allowed to, to sort of happen so for me it's either they're going to go points per game and the top one should probably go up nobody should go down but I don't see how a, a second place team can go up I don't see how that works for the for the leagues in terms of the amount of teams that are going to be in leagues and yeah. the fairness of it, because it, it's not fair really. But then in the same breath, there's them teams are there for a reason as well. They always say the league doesn't lie, does it? But for me, the league's not over. There's still a lot of points to be played and, and there's a lot of twists and turns that could have happened. So how can you sort of say, even on points per game, them, t- them two teams should go up uh, outright? I just don't see how that works. But I'm sure one will go into the football league because of the berry, the berry space. So, um, like I said, somebody's not going to be happy. It'll probably be us playoff teams. And I'm sure the teams who finish in the top two, I'll be really, really surprised if they don't go up. But I don't see how that's fair, especially with the second place team going up without a playoff. But as we said earlier, with the testing and public health issues, it's it's. I don't see any other way around it. I think that's the key thing. It's it's the public health issues and the testing. And then I look in the news and you see the Premier League are looking at playing games at neutral venues, having five <laughs> substitutes. Are they just scratching around for a solution when really they should be following the same as other leagues across Europe, Phil, do you think, and just cancelling the, the league? I think there's just so much money, especially at the top level, isn't there? And it shouldn't come down to this, but it will because money's what makes what, what makes the world go round. People are talking about billions of pounds, aren't they, being lost at the Premier League level with sponsorship deals, uh, players, uh, obviously payments and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it does filter down. It, the equivalency is there 
as you keep going down the pyramid in terms of the importance of money, but I just can't see the Premier League season not finishing. Um, I think they'll, they'll get through it somehow just because of the, the absolute magnitude of the money at that level. But then as it filters down, I, as you know, it, it's just not going to be the same kind of parity for everybody else, even though it should be for fairness, but it won't be. So the Premier League is the elite level. And I hope that they just look after us smaller clubs and remember us smaller clubs who who, who rely on that kind of revenue coming in from yeah. uh, people going through the gate. And I, I really do truly hope that they do that, even if it's not a handout, because nobody's really expecting handouts, but just a pre-season friendly and things like that and, and loan yeah. players and just just being mindful of everybody's gone for a really tough time. And it's not just about the Premier League. This this country, as, as we know, because we're, we're all associated with Volta, is not just about the, the top level of football. It's about non-league. It's about all the other levels that people go every week in, week out to support the team. So um, I just hope they remember that when everything kicks back in, because everyone will really feel the effects of this. I think for me, the most farcical thing I heard was playing... 40 minute halves or 35 minute halves which just that just sounds nonsensical to me I mean I obviously understand that there's less contact time but how, how does that maintain the integrity con- of the game you know? you're still in contact though aren't you I mean this yeah. this baffles me as well about people going back training we're still supposed to be social distancing I mean I've just seen another update on the website the direct gov website about just reinforcing the stuff about how far you are apart, don't travel unless you absolutely have to, all that kind of stuff. Don't go to the shops unless you get get necessities. But we're on about people going back to training. Yeah. So people even at the elite levels, you're wearing masks or whatever. You can't guarantee people's safety or you're not going to contract an illness. Um it's just it just baffles me that yeah. people are even talking about it. So to go on about how long a half is Makes is just irrelevant. Yeah. It's just yeah. complete irrelevance. It's the amount of people it it takes to put a game on as well is ridiculous. So people just think you turn up and you go to a game and it's 11 v 11. It's not. It's it's the people who have to make the ground function, who support the players, the auxiliary staff. There's yeah. so many people involved and it gets worse the higher up you go. That's the yeah. reason you can't do it because the testing is just phenomenal that you would have to do every single week and it wouldn't be just yeah. once a week. It'd think, probably be daily, wouldn't it? That's the thing. So the amount of tests you'd have yeah. to go through, you know. I think with well, yeah, because we need to contact every. I think it'd be a couple of times a week, but yeah. again, you, you times that over the amount of clubs just in the Premier League and the amount yeah. of staff they'd have to test. It's ridiculous. And I think yeah. the Bundesliga they tested fifteen hundred players yeah. last week and across the top two divisions, and they'd, they'd still got ten positive results. Yeah, well, yeah, I read this morning that Dynamo Dresden have yeah. isolated their entire squad for two weeks, so they they won't be able to play when the the league restarts um, next week. I don't know. It's, like I said, it's just. I just don't see how logistically you can do it. But again, with the money at the top level, they'll pay for the test. Well, ethically and morally, a bit like what you alluded to at the start, how was that right when we haven't got, we've not tested enough people on the front line, enough of the, yeah. the, the vulnerable groups of people who need to be tested? Yeah. How can we justify testing football players because we need to sort of fulfil sponsorship deals and, and yeah. everybody's missing football and missing football just as much as everyone else. But if it means saving one person's life, then... Unfortunately, football's got to wait until we can yeah. do it in a safe, effective way. And everybody who are working every hour, God sends, because like yourselves, I'm sure you're out there, busy trying to contribute to the NHS in terms of clapping away and and sort of showing your appreciation. But it's nothing really compared to what they're doing every single day, every single yeah. night. And we're talking about the Premier League kicking in again, aren't yeah. we? 
I'm yeah, not... it just seems farcical and and like like you say, ethically and morally, it, the testing for key workers needs to be in place before we can even start thinking about getting the the Premier League back into place. Yeah, definitely. And we're not just saying that because we don't want Liverpool to win the league, are we, guys? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, uh, yeah, there is the funny side of it, and I mean, I've got a few uh, scouts in my squad and. I'm sure they're all uh, they're all a little bit. Is, um, I mean, they're definitely going to win it, aren't they? No matter what, they're going to. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about our level and you sort of say in the top two teams aren't in the best of form, but Liverpool are absolutely twenty-five away. point we, clear, aren't they? Yeah, aren't they? Yeah. It, it pains me to say it. I mean, Saws, uh, my number two, he's a massive Liverpool fan, and we all, he's, he's oh, it's been painful this season and last well ever since uh, Ferguson stepped down from United, yeah, but. Yeah. With Liverpool being as good as they've been and as powerful, it's just painful on the bus. Um, like I say, we've got like Dens, Willow, Soves, Ringo. They're all massive, massive. Is, is Tony a red or a blue? He's a blue, actually. Oh, is he? Oh, get him on, get him on, Scott. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's born on he? <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought Dens would have been a blue. His dad played for us, didn't he? He did, yeah. No, Dens is a big red, yeah. Massive Liverpool fan. I mean, as soon as our game finishes, if... Uh, I mean... They're on it straight away. It's like get the get the Sky Live feeds on the phone, and you can hear them all shouting at different points as the streams coming through, delayed. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's a bit of a giveaway. But um, yeah, they're absolutely mad for it. Glued to the screens when the they call them the Red Men, but I call United the Red Men. But um, they're absolutely glued to it when they're on. I can't stand it as well. It absolutely kills me how well Liverpool are doing. <laughs> but just gotta take it on the chin, haven't you? Because we were great for so long, but. Yeah. Absolutely grates me like mad. Yeah, yeah. Most of our adult lives have been, uh, well, for me and Phil anyway, certainly have been celebrating success on the whole. And yeah. uh, pay payback now a little bit in it, I guess. So. I know, but they've not won it yet, have they? So uh, they've been <laughs> suffering a little bit for a while. But yeah, they, they yeah. deserve to. Well, there's a little bit in you isn't there? that 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 obviously United fan in you that hopes that they don't get given it. Or I mean, they're not going to be able to celebrate it the way they should do. No, and it gives no. a little bit of satisfaction, but that's being really, really petty about it. Yeah, and yeah, totally, yeah. Just shows how deep seated the rivalry runs, doesn't it? Because I'm sure they wouldn't want us to have any kind of satisfaction in winning yeah. the league that they haven't won for so many years. But hey, it is what it is, and I hope it drags on for as long as it can in terms of the football league kicking in, just to, <laughs> just to delay that celebration for them. But they're going to get it, and that hey, they'll make sure we all know about it. But speaking about banter, how did the Zoom go last night then? Yeah, oh, did you hear? Oh, I told you, didn't I? Yeah, it was yeah. great, actually. So I was going to touch on that, how good the sort of spirit's been in the community within the football club, the team, the, the, the sort of altering them itself. It's been amazing. I mean, I'll get, I'll get to the Zoom in a minute, but I did just want to mention that in terms of, I didn't know if you are going to bring it up or anything, but the fans, the fans have been absolutely out of this world. I think they've raised about, I don't know the actual figure. I did know couple, grand, about a week it? ago. Uh, yeah, but I think there's obviously they had another game, so I bet it's 25, pushing close to 30, and it just shows yeah. uh, how important this football club is, is to the community, the fact that they've got behind it the way they have. And I mean, we got involved when the Blythe game was on the other week. We all, we all bought a ticket, all the players, the staff, and we were all on there giving a bit of banter on YouTube. There was no obligations, obviously, because everyone's furloughed. It was just they wanted to do it off their own backs. And um, just giving a bit back to the fans who put their hands in the pocket when there was no football on to be played. But they're, 
the community has been amazing. And then sort of feeds through in the, the, the club and the, the team then because they've really supported each other. I mean, just going to that Zoom there before we had the, the one last night, it's something I introduced to the group saying, listen, it's a way that we're going to be able to communicate. And I did that uh, when we first sort of finished. And I didn't use it myself, actually. It was just something I set up for the players. And it was Joel, you know, Joel Torrance, the young keeper we've got. It was his 18th. And we had Mark Bushell. Um, I think he's 40 now. He won't thank me for saying that. I can't remember. <laughs> it was big. Anyway, so we, all, we all sort of uh, went online and, and necked a pint for him, which was painful for those <laughs> who can't do it. And then young Joel for his 18th, he had to do one of them the other night. I think he's still drunk tonight. To be fair, <laughs> one bottle of uh, non-alcoholic ale, whatever he had. Sure, he emptied it and put water in it. He, he did it really <laughs> quick. Um, but yeah, it was his. And then, like I say, Joe did a race night on on Zoom, and it was, it's just brilliant. Every, I think there was only one or two who couldn't make it. Everyone chucked in a little bit of money to make it like a bit of a laugh. And it was just uh, he put on about four races, and he, he sort of went on about things that had happened during the season. Sort of. So one that stays with me that. It was obviously aimed at me. One of the races was called getting in at quarter past one for no apparent reason. So you always get in at <laughs> He's a little big at me there for how early to get in on a Saturday. So we are normally on a Saturday you get lads in at half one. That's just the standard. And I just noticed we were running out of time in terms of to get things done or lads running late or had to make a decision on things. So George, if you are listening, this is why I do it, quarter past one. <laughs> Um, it just gives me a little bit more breathing space to make decisions on players, especially when they turn up and all of a sudden they're real or they've got a little niggle that they haven't told me about until they get there. So he called that um, and he said, sponsored by waste of time and all that. <laughs> all, the, all the horses' names were obviously digs at people and some of them I can't repeat on here. There were some really bad names <laughs> about people's mums and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and then some of my signings got brought up as well in the summer, so I was getting ribbed about that as well. In fact, I got hammered last night. I'm not too happy about it. Now. <laughs> when you when you do get them get them back, are you putting them through a uh, double double training, double cardio sessions? Oh, for yeah, him? especially him. He's getting it this time. He had, <laughs> he had a nice summer last time. He went away for about six weeks and come back, and he was knackered. So uh, <clears> he's <throat> certainly not going to get away with that again. But um, yeah, I remember. Th- Things like that, and, and I'll certainly remember the the banter George gave me. But it's been brilliant. I mean, you need that, and the fact that we're not getting four or five lads turning up on the Zoom, you're getting sixteen to twenty lads, and, and it, I'll be honest, it's difficult as well, especially when the scousers get going because you can't get a word in edgeways, and <laughs> you haven't understood, you haven't understood the uh, the efficacy of Zoom where one person speaks and you listen. So it is carnage as well, but it's it's great fun, and it just shows the backing. But the lads just haven't done stuff like that. They've got, I don't know if you all know uh, Mark Ecke, he's like a super fan at OT and he's had a real tough time at the moment. He's struggling with cancer, isn't he? And um, all the lads, I mean, I speak to him a lot. He's been a big part since I've been here in terms of my experience and I think the world of him, I'll I'll do anything to support him in any way I can. He's brilliant. Sports all the way, travel out, um, turns up every game. Mr. Olty, like how I see him, and he's really struggling yeah. at the moment. Do you know what the lads don't have to? And I could, I sort of mentioned that he's he's not in a good place and all that kind of stuff, and he's he's fighting what's going on. And they've all been contacting him, and he, he texts me to say how much it means to him and stuff like that. And um, it just shows they don't have to do things like that. And I know we're not Premier League and all that, but again, these lads turn up, they get paid for playing. Obviously, not at the moment, but they get paid and. And it just shows out the feeling they've got for the community and the club. And 
it's just, uh, I mean, John Skellon, the kit man as well, he's, he's getting on a bit now and Toe Thompson in particular, he's always the fan of me, he's always winding John up about how old he is and the, he, he asks Frank Sinatra when he comes in and Tony ribs him about that. And he just just told me the other day, he's been ringing him, keeping in contact with him and it's not come from me that and he just sort of said how much John's enjoyed that and like that. And, yeah. and again, it just just reinforces everything that I know sort of in place at the club and why we'll be all right when we come out the other end and everyone will have pulled together and it's a bit like you guys as well. I mean, steeped in the club now, aren't you? You stand yeah. and people associate yourselves with a football club yeah. and it's just important that everybody sticks together and, and gets through it. And, and those are the types of things that will get people through because they need to talk, they need to stay in communication and helping each other as much as we can will get us will get us over that line when it does all go away. Yeah, yeah. One thing, um, I spoke to Bill briefly yesterday morning and he said um, oh, they were still planning to go ahead with the, the beginning of the redevelopments um, at some point this summer when it becomes safe to do that. And yeah. obviously the um, the corner where our bar is and the sponsor's lounge, I believe, are going to be done first. Obviously, you've seen the um, the plans for the stadium over the next 10 years. That that For this level, I mean, that, that must be really exciting for, for a manager to see, you know, um, plans like that in place and obviously you've got new inc- incumbent co-chairman um, I just wondered what you, your thoughts on like the next few years and you know Yeah I'm so glad I signed a long term contract I think I need <laughs> yeah. to sign another one because obviously <laughs> it's, it's going to be past my sort of tenure or when my contract's up but I mean I was there when the, they did the sort of uh, forum for the fans to come down and ask questions so, it was really good and the architect in particular really impressed me. I think mm. just some of the, the, the ideas he's got and I know it was very futuristic. I mean, people were, were, were pulling holes in it that night. Obviously some of the fans very skeptical, been made promises before, but I still stand by what the board said that night. If you don't have that dream, you don't have that goal, where do you go? And yeah. that's certainly something I believe in. Are we just going to be a yo-yo team who bounces up and down and might have a great couple of seasons like we are doing? or a fantastic season where you go up, but you might still have them dark days where you're bouncing down because obviously you've, you've got to be on that sort of forward trajectory. And I think that ground gives us that. It gives us something to sort of look at, still drive forward for, gives the fans something to sort of aspire, to believe in that the club are going to go in the right direction because that's all I ever heard about. When you, when you listen to slight negatives in terms of are we going forwards, are we going backwards, to me it just stinks of success. It stinks of a club that, that want to move forward and are doing all the right yeah. things. I mean, you look at the new board, the young, the hungry, they want to progress themselves. It's reflective of, obviously, the management team, the players that we've got in place. We're doing everything as right as we can on the pitch. It's starting to move in the right direction off the pitch with regards moving forward. Uh, and that's not to say what previous board members or previous people in charge have done in the past. It just means while I'm here and I can see what's going on, we are moving in the right direction or I yeah. certainly wouldn't have signed a long-term deal. And, and when you look at the plans as well, it's just it's just perfect for Altrincham. You look at the, I keep talking about the community don't I, and the club and you look at sort of the community sections about what they're saying. There's a reason they're on about obviously looking at, the areas you spoke about first, because that's where people are going to are going to go to. They're not yeah. going to look forward to just standing in all dancing roof. I mean, that is fantastic, but they want to go to them places that they can associate with people, 
the football club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been banging the drum ever since I've been at Oli. We've got some great heritage at the club, but it's kind of like a jumble sale when you walk around that yeah, you could do yeah. so many things. And, and they're really buying into that and, and the, the moving in the right direction. As I said, because they're young, hungry, vibrant, people to full matches want now. And, and it has changed. So um, it's, a, it's a really exciting time. And I just hope I'm there long enough to to see them changes. And if I'm not, I'll certainly always be an Ulti fan and I'll get down and, and I'll want to be a part of anything that they're doing there because, as I said, it's such a great place to be. And at the moment, it's fantastic. Obviously, not right now with what's going on, but when you just listen to the board members, they're so inspiring and it makes me want to just drive everything forward as much as I can on the pitch. And I'm sure it's the same for the fans off it. And that's probably why you've seen the reaction you have since we've we've sort of um, yeah. gone offline, so to speak, with the the fans backing everything we've done. With players not working <laughs> at the moment, how are they? Are they undertaking their own training programs at home? So bad trainers, yeah, I mean, some good trainers at the team. <laughs> yeah, they're certainly. <laughs> um, I spoke about one earlier. That's not a loaded <laughs> question, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you can have that one now. Um, but yeah, there's a uh, listen. They're, they're not. They're not obviously in work, but these are, well, you class them as professional players. I know they're semi-professional players. They look after themselves. It's gone are the days where lads will go out on the Friday night. I know there'll be the odd exception to the rule, but there won't be many anymore and be able to go out and play on the Saturday. These lads train hard. I mean, some of the physical conditions they're in is it's just professional level. So they're given yeah. all the tools they need. I mean, our medical team are outstanding. Tom Udar, Ryan, uh, Murray, Ryan, Spencer... And they give them everything they need regarding um, training programs to do while they're not here. And again, they don't have to do it because they're not working. They choose to do it. They want that input. Um, they go out running on their own. They've got their own fitness app. So they, although I don't ask for it, they send me through analysis data for me to sort of see where they're up to. And it's great to see that kind of mentality in the lads. And again, it's inspiring because you know when you come back, they're going to be ready and they're not going to be overweight. They're not going to be slow out the out the tracks they're going to be right at it but the issue is is obviously they can do all the running all the training programs they want if they're not playing football yeah, they can't go straight back into yeah. football so it's like you've almost had your, your summer break off now you'd be coming probably back into pre-season after the break we've had um, or you'd be doing some base fitness um, so again to go back to that start the, the the sort of pod we did where we were talking about how it sort of restarts that's going to take time as well because yeah. you've got to do the strength and conditioning you've got to get the game time and they need to get the bodies to the levels they need but if somebody was to say to me and so I'm so going to kind of contradict myself right you can have the playoffs everything's going to be safe for everybody uh, for whatever reason or whatever measures they've got to put in place you're not going to get a pre-season. You're not going to get any warm-up games. Would you want to go straight away? I'd probably still say yes, but you're risking injuries and you're putting yeah. lads sort of livelihoods at stake. So it's a decision for the players to make as well because I think that could potentially happen. But again, I think it's such a long shot. It, it may not as well. But the lads, when just going back to your original question, the lads are, are superb. And, and you do always get a couple who don't um, enjoy the training independently, but... I think they know it's a must now, otherwise they fall behind. And as I said about injuries can uh, risk their career. If you're as good as your last game and if you know where near when you come back, people remember that. And 
in a yeah. team like Altrincham's got, if you, if you have that bad game, as, as some of our players have found, it can take you four, five, six weeks to get back in the team. So it's really important. They've, they've got that competitive edge and that drive to be ready. I thought we'd finish off on a bit of a, a lighter note, being very, very serious at points, Phil. I think. Yeah, we have, haven't we? Very philosophical <laughs> today, isn't it? Do, do you know what, though? I was, in, I was looking forward to coming on this because I know Phil always talks for England when we have him on. So I don't, <laughs> don't know. It's a great deal, lad, yeah. I don't have to do a lot. Um, so they used to do a thing on, on Soccer AM, best trainer, worst trainer, but I won't go into that. I think that's probably not as professional as it should be. But um, what about the best dressed player at Altrincham, Phil? Oh, best dressed? Right, okay, so it's quite subjective, that, isn't it? So, oh, can I start with the worst dress? Yeah, definitely. That was the next one, anyway. Yeah, can go with that one. Give me a little bit of time to think about who is the actual best dressed. So the lads absolutely rinse Tom Pierce. Um, and you'll know why I'm going to start with this and then get to the best dress. So they, they absolutely batter him about how he looks and, and what he wears. But I've got to say, so that a lot of the lads will probably say Piersy in terms of his attire, but I quite like what Piersy wears, so I'll probably get hammered for this. <laughs> so I'd say he's the, he's the best, worst-dressed player at Ulti, yeah. So he takes both accolades, in my opinion. The lads, the lads will say, I think best as well. But I can see why, because he is proper out there and risky. But I like, I like somebody who doesn't follow the crowd and and sort of goes their own way. And Tom certainly does that. But yeah, he gets absolutely hammered as well. So uh, I mean, Toby will be pushing him. Toby's got some really bad gear, and they're both from Warrington actually. So I don't. Yeah, Toby's proper out there as well. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Warrington, so that's probably why I'm a bit mixed on this. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, Toby and Piersy, sort of best and worst dressed. Toby definitely. In fact, I'm have to change that. Toby's worst. Tom's best. Yeah, there you go. We mentioned last time who controls um, the music in the dressing room. Has anyone got any particularly bad taste in music? Tomo, Tomo controls the music, to be fair. It's his, I don't know if he's the only one willing to put his phone on the line. So I wouldn't say it's my cup of tea what he listens to. I mean, there's a lot of R&B, a lot of, um, a lot of music that I don't really listen to too much. So there's not, there's not a big, uh, there's not a big array. They have the same music on every single week. So They don't even vary, no. No, I have been thinking about that, giving a different lad a day to do the music because we win a lot. It's it's do you change what they do? So yeah, it's, yeah, it's top yeah. I wouldn't say it's particularly bad, but yeah, it's getting a bit boring, a bit stale. But they seem to like it and they play well when they listen to it. Do um do any of the lads any have any um, rituals or routines before matches? Like you used to you used to hear about Paul Ince putting his shirt on last as he came out of the tunnel. He was last in the queue. Do, do you know if any, if any lads do that or? Yeah, it's interesting that I think I don't know really. There's uh, obviously JJ would always have to be the last player out of the changing room when he was here, and it, it was painful at times. You'd have a lad on the on the bog and be like, "Come on, Jay, we need to get you out." Now. <laughs> <laughs> the lad's going to have to come flying, but he wouldn't. He'd be really uh, adamant that he was staying to the end, even though the liners were going crazy at him. But yeah. I'm sure some of them have things like, and I couldn't pinpoint, to be honest, it's not something I've really picked up on, but uh, some of them will be sitting there with the shinies on with nothing else on first. Yeah, so it's obviously yeah. got to have my shinies on before I even put me, <laughs> my scrubs on and stuff like that. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's really strange things. If you walked in the change room at a certain point, you'd be like, 
what they do in it. It's more about, I think it's the sequences about how they put things yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who's got a really weird kind of, unless I've missed it, a really weird sort of pre-match ritual. If you could sign one player, past or present, for all you would you sign? Past or present. So Is there any, anyone in the world, Scott? Yeah. Or any multi player. And, and any, play, any player in the world. Well, all right. Well, if you were going to say any ulti player, it would have been obviously Duncan. He was absolutely phenomenal. I would have loved to have had him in my team. Yeah. But any player in the world, it's not hard. Is it Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo? <laughs> it's not difficult, lads, that one. But yeah, <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be my top two who would want to get in 100%. Yeah. I reckon a realistic target has got to be Juan um, Mata because he lives in ulti, doesn't he? And he's, he's not going to be at United for much longer. I reckon he'll fancy a, a season at ulti at some point. Martin. I signed the equivalent of him, didn't I, in Craig Mann? We've got our own one matter, haven't we? We don't need two. So, true, yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, you always look at, you know what, people always talk to me about that, about old pros and things like that. Who would you, why don't you take him and why don't yeah. you get him? And um, they do always come across it. I'm not saying one matter, by the way, but they do yeah. always come across your path. And it's not something we've heavily invested in. We tried it a little bit this time, didn't we, where we brought in Nath Arnold and, again, the lads... Let me know about that last night in terms of that didn't quite work out. But I think there's massive pros taking in experienced, really good uh, top players. But for me, I, I want lads who are sort of going the other way, who are on yeah. the way up. Yeah. And they've got to be an exceptional sort of character to convince me that... This, and Nathan was that when we did bring him in, by the way, at the start. But they've got to have that character where you, you're like, yeah, I think you're still going to be... You still want it enough and you're still going to be physically good enough because when you've played at the highest levels or the levels above where you are, yeah, is always a come down. I don't care what anyone says when you come down and does it mean as much to you? Are you going to try as hard? And some do, some do. So I'm being harsh here saying that I don't always go for that, but I'd rather somebody who's going the other way, who's really yeah. hungry to sort of excel and go up or have been at the level and still wants to go up. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's an interesting one. That. Just on that point about... Um young and hungry players um you must be excited about the academy being now like officially in place and you know there's there's a clear sort of a clearer pathway i would say you know from from the, the sort of the youth team into the first team you know yeah definitely i mean um that's again something me and neil when we came that was the first thing we said to the board is obviously we want to go full time we want to sort of run that academy through us um and get that conveyor belt of players onto the first team sort of pitch. So I hope it happens the way we've sort of looked at it. And the club, as I said, the board are doing everything in the right way to sort of allow that to take place. It's not going to be, we get it up and running this time. If it does happen, which the the, the full steam ahead, no matter what, but it doesn't mean the following season, we're going to have five or six players. If we get one, I'd be absolutely made up. But then yeah. the following season, can we get a couple more? And yeah. depending on how long we're there, five or six players, full team. I'd love to do what Crew did, where they've been able to put out a full team of their academy graduates. And yeah. I'd love to sell one on as well for big bucks to another club and sort of yeah. say, you help them progress and make Dolty a lot of money. But want to develop that reputation as feeding players through 100%. Yeah. 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 Dead serious again there. I know. Yeah. I've, I've, me too. Going a bit lighter it, now. <laughs> What's your beer of choice that Paul has delivered to you? Oh, parking like was it? Was it? Was it full? Was it full circle? Yeah, the, that... ac- across the bridge, the the blue blue and sort of a cream can. 
Yeah, I like that. That was nice. I yeah. mean, uh, as I said, they went very quickly when Paul delivered them. So I didn't think they, they, when 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 when, when you when you cancelled Thursday, I thought oh, these bears won't be here for Sunday. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit worse to wear because they're stronger, yeah. aren't they? Five point three percent. I'm on. So, yeah. I'm on. A, I'm on same brewery here at the minute. I'm on six point four at twenty past three in the afternoon. So you can tell how my Sunday's going to go. Yeah, I've had to sleep down to San Miguel. So. <laughs> <laughs> what are you on there, yeah, Scotty? Uh, this is a Pomona Island, I think it's called. Pigs in there. So, Pigs in there. And uh, you'll know at this that I didn't actually buy that off you, Paul. I went. I I, I am well aware <laughs> of that actually. Yeah, yeah. You went uh, direct. But that's that's all right because I have spent a few hundred quid with you this. Yeah, last I, yeah. Few I was going to so. say you've had a few cases of hellers off me in the last few weeks. Uh, I'm just storing them. I've not drank them. Honest. Uh, Saving them for a rainy day. Today. To be honest, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, Phil. Um, I think it's been a really good chat. Apologies if we went off on a bit of a serious and no, or if we, I don't think we railroaded you on any questions at all. No, you're quite gentle there, gents. Uh, enjoyed it as I always do. Good. Thanks good again to, for everyone who listened or watched. I think Paul's going to put some um, videos out on social media. So you'll can you put like an emoji over my face or something like that. I was, I was going to put one over Phil's face as like, oh, you know, who, who's this? I'll cross the name out as well and be like, oh, a little secret. Who's the who's the interview that we've got? But, uh... <laughs> I'll put I'll put Jordan's face over it. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like I say, thanks again for everyone for who's listened or watched. Uh, hopefully we'll be a little bit more regularly. Me and Paul have pulled our finger out now a little bit more. Uh, you can follow us on both our socials at We Are Libro and at the Libro Pod. Uh, thanks very much again to Phil. Cheers, guys.